Happy New Year. Twenty twenty three, it's gone. Twenty twenty four. Our scripture reading this morning is First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty two, to First Peter chapter two, verse three. First Peter, one twenty two to two three. If you'd stand with me, Christian calisthenics. I like that. You stand with me for the reading of your word, reading of his word. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is the word which was preached to you. Therefore, putting aside all malice, and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, like newborn babies, Long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Join me in prayer. Father, we do. We come before you, Lord, with hearts bowed, recognizing that your mercies are new every morning. You indeed are faithful. You indeed are worthy, holy. You are Savior. Father, we thank you for your mercy and grace that you have given into our lives this year, last year, for all our lives. And Father, we come before you with many needs. Father, even as I look through the congregation, Lord, there are many in here that need healing, that need your touch for restoration. Battles within our body. Lord, we do ask for your healing touch. Battles within our hearts and our minds. And Father, once again, we ask for your healing touch. Lord, draw us to you. Help us to keep our eyes upon you. And understand how you introduce into our lives those things that conform us to your image. And that we are good clay in the Master's hands. Father, we pray that we would indeed love one another. That we would would actually see people. Lord, as we enter into this new year, even as you have instituted with communion, Lord, but even as we enter into this new year with the shift from 23 to 24, Lord, we just pray that that would be a time where we can uh, start over again. Push the reset button. Your word tells us that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation, the old has passed away, and behold, all things are made new. Father, we thank you that you are a God of new beginnings. 
Lord, as we grow in understanding of who you are and who we are in you, Lord, you call us to grow. Lord, you are faithful. You are faithful to, to, to teach us, to sustain us. And when we fall, when we fail, we can brush ourselves off and get back up because the cross is sufficient. The cross is sufficient. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as our pastor comes now to break the word, Lord, that uh, with the message that you have given him for us, Lord, I just pray that you would open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, that we would see Jesus. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Steve said, Happy New Year. I say, Welcome to the end of 2023. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves, mister. We've got a whole day to go here. <laughs> Wonderful. When we come to the end of things in our culture, there are usually celebrations, closing ceremonies, parties when we come to the end of things. Graduations, high school, kindergarten, university, even when somebody is, is graduated to heaven, we have a party. We do that. Sports, sports seasons. In high school, they have sports banquets and they hand out awards. There's an assembly a lot of times at the end of the school year and awards are handed out and so forth. We are even going to have an annual celebration on January 28th here, celebrating the end of 2023 and all that God has done in this year. But when we come to awards ceremonies, I find it very interesting that in awards ceremonies, there's only a few people that are awarded in relation to how many people are sitting there watching. There's a couple winners and a lot of losers. <laughs> you know, growing up in a small school in the banks of the Amazon River, high academic level, I was not the valedictorian once. I was the salutatorian, but that's another story. <laughs> but when those awards are handed out, many times, and maybe this is true of you, there's a sense of, should I have done more? I wish I'd have tried harder. A sense of sadness sometimes. Is that true of you? In the school that I, when I was growing up, there were about four awards given. Perfect attendance. That was awarded to the people who were so dedicated that they would come when they were sick and give it to other people so they could not get perfect attendance. <laughs> I'm not bitter, I promise, I'm not bitter. I did get it once, I think. Scholarship, the person with the highest GPA, citizenship, 
the student that was the quietest in class, so was never noticed. I'm not bitter, I promise you, I'm not bitter. <laughs> Most improved. Those were the things that were handed out. Now we come to the end of a year and it's in the bulletin. And I want you all to know this little notice that's been in the bulletin that if you want to give to the pastors, that's not our idea. I'm embarrassed when I read it. But I want to say to you all, thank you, who have given to us pastors food that's been so wonderful, ensuring that we are growing this year, <laughs> kind words, finances. Once again, I go, Lord, did I try hard enough? Am I worthy? Sometimes when you look back and reflect back, there is that, maybe regret. Other times, maybe not. Like, I gave it everything I had. Lord, thank you. You are good. You helped me through doing all those things. Spiritually looking back on 2023, how did you do? Did you grow this year in the Lord? How do you even measure that? But we are called to grow, even as, as Steve said and then prayed. We are called to grow. We can liken our spiritual growth to our physical growth. There's a ton of parallels there in our physical growth. In fact, maybe in many of your homes, especially if you parents, maybe there was a place in your house, maybe it's a, just the, the wall or the door frame where you measured your kid's height, and there's little pencil marks for each kid, right? Pretty common. I know some people that they were in that house all the kids' lives, then they sold their house, and they took the door frame with them. They removed the thing to take with them because it's so special. It is something that marks growth. And that growth is important to us. And that's right. It's a good thing. School pictures. School pictures. You look back. Oh, my word. Every year, you know, the, from the little kindergartners, first graders losing teeth, you just watch as they grow. And it's an amazing thing to watch them grow. In fact, that's really probably the only way we can measure growth is by the past. We can look back, compare it to the, where we are today, and then we see the growth. And it's fun to see the contrast sometimes. A child, this is one of our own, an IBC child at one point. Whoever that is, would you stand up, please? Are you here? You're not here? <laughs> Tristan, you've been had, buddy. You're not here. 
You see the contrast. Cute little girl in Italy. Whoever that is, if you're here, would you stand up, please? Would you dare? Are you here? Okay, Tristan's mother. Okay. (laughs) Gina, if you're watching, there you are. What a cute little pair, huh? What a cute little pair. You know, some people, some was just so old that photography wasn't even that great when we were kids. And it was kind of charcoal drawings and stuff like that. <laughs> Would this couple please stand up? Aww. Come on, Loretta. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> She's not going to stand up. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not her. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Would this person please stand up? Come on, Pastor Aaron. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, when that, were you in high school in this picture? The high school. When that picture came up, the loudest laughs came from Aaron's mom and dad, who are with us today. Welcome, you guys. We're glad that you're here. So, Let me ask you this question. What did the people on the left do to become the people on the right? They ate. (laughs) They slept. Right? Did they go, I want to grow older. I want to mature. So I'm going to do that. My fantasy was always to be 6'10", a power forward in the NBA. I made it to 5'10", yes, a foot short. (laughs) Even scripture talks about that. You can't do a thing about your height. You see, here's we're going to make a point in the end. As we talk about growth, there's a whole lot, a whole aspect of growth you have nothing to do with. And that's a beautiful thing as we will talk about. Otherwise, though, what do we need to do to grow? We need to feed ourselves. There needs to be nutrition and so forth and sleep. And we talk about good health. And health is critical to growth. Very important. So in looking back on 2023, how has your growth been? Have you grown spiritually? Have you grown in the Lord? Have you gotten to know God better? How has your walk been? Defining spiritual growth, knowing God more intimately, looking more like Jesus, because we read in Romans that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, becoming more like him, Our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes are increasingly informed or driven by being rooted in God. That's where the growth comes from. It's being rooted in God. And that's very important. 
As our relationship with God grows, so our spiritual maturity grows. So how do you know if you've grown over this last year? You need to take time to reflect. You do need to take time to reflect. Lord, have I grown? The things that you've been trying to teach me, have I learned that? At least some. I want to talk about some indicators here in this message this morning that comes from the passage that Steve read for us. You know, to try to determine if I grew more, we might right away go, well, did I give more? Did I tithe more? Did I pray more? Did I not swear as much? Did I go to church more? Did I worship more deeply? Was I nicer to people? You know, a lot of those things would be indicators, by the way. They would be indicators of growth. But not necessarily. Because you can go through the motions, we can all go through the motions, and really not be growing inside. And that really is called pharisaical living. I'm going to do the things outwardly, but inside, nah, not so much. So where does the growth happen? What are the indicators of growth? Well, those exterior things, you can have a checkoff list, but we see in Scripture that God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. That's where it's at. It's in our heart. It's a heart-level kind of thing when we talk about spiritual growth. So in the passage here that uh, Steve read for us, in verse 22 of 1 Peter 1, it says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. We're really just today going to look at three indicators. This is the first one, loving others. Number one, love others. That is the first indicator. How have you done in loving others over this past year? But let's talk about it a little bit. It says earnestly. Love each other, love one another, love others earnestly, in earnest. That word earnest means proactive, it means aggressive, it means going out there, it's not waiting back till others love me. It's going after others and loving them. Romans 12.10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't wait for others, just get after it. That's the body of Christ. And it comes from a pure heart. It does not come from false motives that you want to look good, you want others to see what you're doing and be amazed how wonderful you are. <laughs> no, it is what God has called you to do. And like I said, it only comes by being rooted in God. And the more that you study God's love for you, and you bask in his love for you, the natural outflow of that is for you to share that love with others. That's just how it works. You cannot conjure up loving others more. You can't do it. We are talking about a love that comes from above. 
comes from the Lord as your understanding deepens of his love for you. That's how you grow in loving others. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. The wellspring of our love to others is God's love for us. They will know, we sang this song, when we did the series through the epistles of John, we sang this song, they will know we are Christians by our love. It was a theme throughout those three books. Love, they will know we are Christians by our love. People can tell. That is no trite saying, you all. That is no trite saying. John 13, 35, Jesus says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. People can tell. Roseanne Messler, are you here? There you are. Roseanne, I have a story to tell. You know the first part of the story, but you don't know the second part. So I think it was Saturday, right before Christmas. I was at Safeway. I was in the checkout stand. They were checking my stuff. I'm standing there, and behind me in line was a young couple, and she was quite vivacious and outspoken. Mesky, I'm sorry I wasn't in your line. I like to go to your line. This couple, she was pretty outspoken. I could hear her yakking. Well, she's feeling pretty good about life, which was great. And then all of a sudden, I felt somebody next to me. And I turn around, and she says, hi, Pastor Tom. And it was Roseanne. She was in the back of the line. She said, see me up. She came through by everybody, said hi. We embraced. How you doing? All right. It was great. We exchanged. It was great. She went back to the end of the line. She says, I'll see you tomorrow, Pastor Tom. And that was it. Suzanne, that was great. Thank you. I was done. I was outside in the parking lot, heading to my vehicle, and the same young couple that were behind us, behind me, came up to me, and the girl goes, I really liked the way you two exchanged friendship, the way you greeted each other. It touched me deeply. Dude. Dude, I was blown away. It was cool. Suzanne, Roseanne, <laughs> Jane, Jane Ann. They'll know we are Christian by our love, but not by knowing names. <laughs> you didn't know that. I will never forget that of something that you did. And it's genuine, and I love that. And so when it says they will know we are Christians by our love, this they will know because they see your love for one another, that was a poignant example. I went, oh, my word. We are called to love. Are you loving others more this year? But I want to say something, though. Roseanne, for all of us who know Roseanne, she's easy to love. She's filled with joy. She's wonderful. She loves the Lord. Yeah, baby, I'm growing, Lord. Thank you. I love Suzanne. I'm... 
dude. <laughs> Roseanne, I don't know where that's coming from, okay? <laughs> I'm, just call me Bill. It's okay. Just call me Bill. <laughs> The Word of God has something to say about this principle, though. We're not going to be talking about the people that are easy to love. In your life, the people that you love, you're going to set them aside for right now. They don't count. It's the people that are in your life that are hard to love. That's who we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about you and me. The ones that are difficult to love, Matthew 5 44, but I say to you, Jesus says, love your enemies. That's impossible. By enemies here, we're not talking about people we're shooting guns at. We're talking about people that are difficult to love. Love them, Jesus says. Love them. And he goes on to say, and pray for those who persecute you. Persecution we often think as just in prison or whatever. You know what? Maybe they, maybe they persecute your existence. Maybe they pers- persecute your peaceful day. Or there's just something about them that rubs you the wrong way. You are to pray for them. You are to love them, and so am I. For he... The Father makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, as in imperfect love, of loving the unlovely. That, my friends, is a difficult challenge and command that God has given to us. And yet he didn't say you can do it on your own. We have the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, his power in our lives, and he is eager to help us to love others. And I will just say the first place to start, and you all know this, is by praying for them. Just pray for them. Put them on your list and go, Lord, this person irritates me all the time. Help me to love this individual. Please, Lord, help me to love this individual. 1994, Sue and I and Christy, who was just a few months old, went to Baker City, Oregon for nine months to do missionary training. We learned in that training that the number one reason missionaries leave the mission field is because of interpersonal relationships. And it's true. It's a true statement. So much of the training hits on that. But across the hall from us lived a family with two kids and um, the, the man was one of these people for me. There was something about him that just, I don't know. It was just tough to love him. It was easy to get irritated with him. And in fact, a lot of other people felt the same way. 
So I was justified. (laughs) But I'm going into missionary training, and I'm convicted. I'm convicted, and the Lord is convicting me about my neighbor across the hall. I begin to pray, go, Lord, you know how I feel about him. There's nothing wrong with him. He loves you. He's here to serve you. He's done nothing wrong, but Lord, there's something there that just, I get aggravated, irritated, whatever it is. Could you please help me? Help me to love him as a brother, as your son, as a fellow believer, as a coworker. Help me to see him the way you do. That was my prayer in earnest. I'm going, Lord, if I can't do, if I can't change my heart here, what am I going to do in the mission field when you're stuck out there in the middle of nowhere and you're aggravated with your coworkers? Help me. It took two weeks. It took two weeks, and my heart changed. It was miraculous. There was no event that happened where I understood him more deeply, and now I had compassion. God changed my heart, and it's never gone back for that brother. I said, Lord, thank you. I could feel it. It was so concrete of a thing. Lord, thank you for changing my heart toward that guy. God will do it. This stuff is not hollow material. It's not hollow words. It's not a hollow message. It is for real. And my brothers and sisters... When we come to church on Sunday mornings, we have a glorious time together. Because we're here worshiping King Jesus, we're singing, but you know what? We're not doing life right now. You're all sitting in the pew right now, and we're talking, and we're talking about God's stuff, and we're eating on the, on the Word of God, and it's great. It's what we're called to do right now. But if we said, okay, we're all trapped here for this whole week coming up, you can't leave Food will be brought in, but we're staying right here. How long will it take before we have some issues? (laughs) It might be 15 minutes. I don't know. But it's the truth that we are all wired and built differently, uniquely and all of that. And those things work beautifully together when they're spirit-led. But there's times when, man, it is not pretty. And yet our command in the word of God is to love one another in earnest from a pure heart. So how have you done in 2023? Maybe God brings somebody to your mind as we talk here. Go ahead, Lord, help me. I'm going to say to you all, put that person right up here and say, Lord, help me to love that person. Help me to love that person the way you do. Pray for them. The first angle on this, the first aspect of growth is loving others. The second we find in verse uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Number 2, hatred towards sin. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Put them away. Run from them. Get them out of your life. What are they? There are many more sins that could be mentioned here. There are these five. Malice means ill will, desire to injure. You want somebody to pay for what they have done. Revenge all over it. 
A week and a half ago on Wednesday morning, I woke up really early for some reason and I checked my phone and I saw on there a massive fire at the playground. And I thought it was a joke. Obviously, we know it was not a joke. And as it goes, a teenager did that. So, without saying anything out loud, what were your thoughts? And I won't tell you mine. That night was Awana's Christmas party. Everybody came together. They were in their, in their groups. Then we all came together. Leanne McComb's group were talking about that in their group, and it turned to prayer. And they took time and began to pray for that kid. Well, that's what we're talking about. That is what we're talking about. Turning and hating sin. Hate, sin wants revenge. It wants other people to pay for what they have done. Think of Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That should be our life. That's what we're called to. That's malice, deceit, intentional dishonesty, intentional misleading, hypocrisy, living falsely, putting on a show. Envy, jealousy. In fact, envy is a jealousy that is, is prompted to do something. It's kind of an active thing. It's pretty evil, as they all are. Slander, speaking evil of others, especially with the intent of hurting their reputation. A lot of times motivated to help us feel better about ourselves. He, it, we're, being, we're being challenged here, commanded, get that stuff out of your life. The opposite of all of this may be wanting the be- is the wanting the best for others, living honestly before others, being content in your own circumstances, rejoicing in others' blessings, only speaking well of others. When I was growing up, my mom would say, if you can't say anything nice about somebody, don't say anything at all. So how have you done in 2023 running from sin, hating sin, growing in your disdain, intolerance for sin. Maybe there are some sins in your life that you've tolerated, maybe even embraced. I'm going to challenge all of us to put those right out here. What it is in your life that you are embracing, that you're not running from, that is sin, and saying, Lord, help me to hate this. Help me to hate this. Number three. We find in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 2, it says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Tasting that the Lord is good. Psalm 34 says that, doesn't it? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You all know what I'm talking about. When you came to Christ, you were at peace, you were excited. Others of you, as you have grown in the Lord, there are times in your life where your fellowship with God is rich as it gets. It's sweet. You're seeing him work in your life. You sense his presence in your life, and it is the best. That is the life he has for us. That is the abundant life that he has for us. Hunger for his truth. 
But maybe, like the church of Ephesus that we read about in Revelation, you have left your first love. You have drifted from the sweetness of knowing the Lord. And you have allowed yourself to kind of just drift away. This is a great time to reassess, to reevaluate. Lord, how am I doing? Boy, I'm not quite as fervent as I was for your word, Lord. Help me to get after it. Help me to long for your truth. Pure spiritual milk. How do we foster a renewed spiritual hunger? How do we do that? Three things for us. Number one, prioritize reading, studying, meditating on God's word. Prioritize that. Be in the word. The thing is, being in the word, spiritually feeding yourself is just as important as physically feeding yourself for your body. It's critical. In order to grow, we must feed ourselves spiritually that comes from the word of God. Every time that you are in the word, ask God to teach you at least one thing that he wants you to learn. At least one thing. Because reading God's word should not be passive. Should not be passive, should be active. You're engaged in the word of God to learn the things that God has for you to learn there. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is dynamic. It's not just literature. It's just not words on a page. It is the word of God. We hear this over and over again. And so when we approach the word of God to study, to meditate upon God's word, we do so proactively, aggressively to engage God's word. And by his spirit, he allows us to understand. By his spirit, he teaches us and feeds our soul, feeds our growing in him. And then the growth is taking place. Number two, prioritize the preaching and teaching of God's word. Every time you have an opportunity to sit under the teaching of God's word, do it. Do it the same thing. Lord, teach me one thing, at least, that you would have for me. I saw this just the other day, a little meme thing says this. If you're a Christian that loves the Lord and has a healthy, growing relationship with God, I would add, if you desire to have a healthy, growing relationship with God, you should not have to be begged or convinced to go to church on Sunday. Hunters hunt. Runners run. Shoppers shop. (laughs) Worshippers worship. It's what they do. So when we come together corporately like this, We have the opportunity to hear the teaching of God's word. We have words that we sing, and many times the words that we sing teach just as much, maybe, as the teaching of the word. The fellowship that we have together when we talk with one another and encourage one another is also feeding our soul. Number three, seek to obey the word. Don't be hearers only but be doers of the word. We read that in the book of James. 
But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if deceiving yourselves means I'm in the word and I'm just reading it there. I read God's word. It was great. No, it's being doers, actively understanding what it is saying for me to be doing. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Has no meaning, has no substance. James says faith without works is dead. So we engage the word, we are actively involved with it and obeying it, and then the growth happens. So how is your hunger factor for spiritual, pure spiritual milk. You know, as you think back over 2023, as I said, many times on award assemblies, I get kind of sad and, man, some regret, and I wish I would have done harder, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me tell you something. God's got you. Let me tell you something else. You're not the one who grows you. You're not the one creating the growth. God does that. On your own, you got nothing. There are things that we get to participate in with him. And the things we just talked about are some of those things. We go after that. It is God, though, who grows us. Hallelujah for that. Psalm 1. But his delight, the person we're talking us, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. God's word. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Yields its fruit in season. You could go deeper on that. That doesn't mean all the time. It's when it's in season. You know, we, t- we have this thing called growth spurts. <laughs> 2023, yeah, I wasn't in a growth spurt. It was kind of just not real, just sitting there. But 24, baby, it's going to be a growth spurt. You don't know that. I want to just say, the Lord does that. You don't worry about that. You don't fret over that. All I need to do, all you need to do is lean into him. Desperately dependent upon him to do his work in your life. Philippians 1.6, you know this verse well, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. He's the one doing the work in you, you all. So as you look back at 2023, you may go, yeah, I wish I could have done more. I wish I would have done more, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. 1 Thessalonians 5, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He's doing it and he will surely do it in you. As you continue to look to him. Hebrews 10, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So I want to say, as you look back at 2023, let it go. Right on, Steve. Right on. Punt that thing out of here. What matters is now. You can't do anything about tomorrow. You can prepare You can't do anything about yesterday. If you're feeling bad or you're feeling guilty, use that to motivate yourself. But I'll tell you this, God is merciful. He is gracious. He is loving. In fact, we read in Scripture that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
So let it go. It's okay. But what are you doing today? Are you seeking him in these ways this day, on the last day of 2023? And as you ponder and you think about where you are in your spiritual life before God, take time to think about that and go, Lord, what would you have me to do as I move forward into 2024? Always looking to Jesus. Always informed by him and your relationship with him. In fact, Hebrews 12, 2, you know the verse well. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter, the starter and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What was the joy that was set before him? It's what we're talking about. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's you and me. He takes great joy in your salvation. He takes great joy in your salvation and having a right relationship with you. The Father does. God does. And the fact that you're growing in him brings great joy to him. And so the role that we have is to look unto Jesus. Keep our faces fixed firmly upon him. Because apart from Jesus, it's done. This would not be. We would have zero hope. But because of what Jesus has done, we have all the hope in the world, all the joy in the world, all the peace in the world, because he's provided that through his death, burial, and resurrection. 